So the singing community is often known for its debate, especially for those learning how to sing. You know, if you jump onto YouTube, if you jump onto Reddit, if you're looking at any kind of sources where people are trying to learn how to sing, you'll see people arguing about what's the correct way to hit the notes, what's the correct way to support, what's the correct way to be singing. And even within those who are considered experts, you'll notice that they're often in disagreement as well. This leaves us as learners or people trying to get better at singing often confused by the information that is out there. One person is saying this, the other person is saying that. And because of this contradiction, we often feel like we're stuck and we can't move forward. And so for today's episode, I want to explain why this actually happens. I want to explore this idea of partial truth and share this concept with you so you understand what exactly is happening. And then also give you four ideas or strategies to overcome this so you can actually make progress for yourself when it comes to learning how to sing. So I want to start off by introducing you to this idea of partial truth. And the easiest way is to do this. And let's go for a bit of a thought experiment. So I want you to imagine there being a cylinder, you know, a cylinder, which is that, you know, that kind of circle, but that long kind of 3D shape kind of thing. I want you to imagine a cylinder in your head. Now imagine having a few people looking at the same object. Now, the only difference is one person is looking at it from the top of the cylinder, one person is looking from the side of the cylinder. What you'll notice is that person who is seeing it only from the top, they're going to say, oh, wow, this looks like a circle. This is just a circle that I'm looking at, especially if they're looking down from the cylinder. Now, the person on the side is going to be like, you know, you're wrong. No, that's not it. I only see a rectangle. I only see a rectangle. I don't see any circle. What's actually happening is both of them are seeing something that is true. You know, from the top, if you look at it, it is a circle. From the side, if you look at it, it is a rectangle but they're only getting a partial glimpse of what the actual thing is, which is a cylinder, right? Which has both of those elements. Now, why does this matter? We can actually apply this idea to learning how to sing, especially when you're searching on all these online resources. What you'll notice is a lot of teachers will often focus on one part of the singing. You know, maybe it's the larynx position. You've got to keep the larynx settled, right? Maybe it's keeping your diaphragm or keeping support, or maybe it's getting a nice kind of buzz in the sound, or maybe it's all about vowel modification, making sure that as your mouth goes up high, it has to open or has to close. And you'll notice even within that same topic of maybe support or vowels, you'll have contradictions within that as well. The reason why there is this contradiction is not that one person is right, one person is wrong, but rather we're all seeing a partial glimpse of what is actually happening. By the way, team, if you are enjoying this episode, make sure to hit that subscribe and follow because on this show, we aim to demystify learning how to sing and help you become your best self. And so if that is something that is up your lane, make sure to hit that subscribe and follow button wherever you're listening from. We post episodes every single Friday so you can get access to that. So now that we've covered this idea of a partial truth or a partial glimpse of the truth, how do we actually use this and utilize this to improve our singing? Because I'm assuming if you're listening to this, that is a goal. How do we actually get there? And so I want to share four very simple ideas and strategies you can use to overcome this. So strategy number one, don't get so dogmatic. Now, what I mean by this is resist the temptation to get so fixated on a single concept. And I know this from experience because I'm guilty of this. When I first started learning how to sing, one of my very earliest singing teachers had a very strong emphasis on larynx position, you know, keeping the larynx nice and low, nice and settled, and never letting it rise. Now, the challenge with this is whilst the advice 
was well-intentioned, I actually ended up building some tongue tension, right? I was kind of using my tongue to press my larynx to keep my larynx nice and settled. And some of you listening might be experiencing this actually. So what I realized here is when it comes to singing, when we isolate a concept and we only fixate on that, whether it be low larynx, whether it be support, whether it be whatever concept, sometimes that can be dangerous because we can end up building the wrong habits to achieve that outcome, which means, you know, I'm trying to get my larynx settled. I do whatever it takes to get that larynx settled. And sometimes that ends up being the wrong approach. And so this is a great example of a partial truth. We've taken one element of singing and we've chosen to focus on that versus the whole idea of singing. So how you can use this is each concept that you can learn rather than focusing on it and hyper-focusing on it. In fact, treat it as a bit of a piece in the puzzle. Right. Every piece you grab, you can use that to unlock a bigger picture. And so strategy number two is focus on your outcome, because let's be real, we all have limited time and there's somewhere we want to be. And so we want to find an efficient way to get to our goals. Now, I'll give you an example of why this is important. I've actually had a few students who have signed up to my three month summit program who previously have studied with a classical teacher. And the interesting thing is when I ask them, hey, like, you know, uh, is classical music something you're interested in? Usually the answer is no. Uh, I've actually just gone to this classical teacher because everyone says you need to study with a classical teacher. You need to study with a classical teacher. But here is the trap because if you wanted to sing pop music or if you wanted to sing contemporary music, why not choose someone who's actually done that and can take you to this outcome? Why go through this kind of roundabout way of studying with a classical teacher? And you know, in fact, some of the best classical teachers will acknowledge that there is a difference. The learning how to sing pop music is an art and skill in itself. And so I would encourage you, know your outcome first. What kind of music do I want to be singing? What exactly do I want my singing to be doing? What do I want my voice to be able to do? Start there, find someone who can help guide you there and you work towards that. Strategy number three, become an explorer and explore what works for your own singing. And this is actually something that I've been applying to my own voice lately. I've been applying it to my own singing more and more, which is, you know, I've actually been taking singing lessons for a long, long time. And throughout this journey, I've been exposed to a lot of different concepts, a lot of ideas. And early in my singing journey, I'll take it as the absolute truth. You know, my singing teacher will tell me, hey, focus on the low larynx. Okay, I would just do that, just do that, just do that. And then if people are telling me, okay, well, now you need to focus on your ping. Okay, I'm just going to focus on the ping, focus on the ping. But what I have discovered and what I've realized for myself is the information that we get from our teachers, the information that we get from our peers, they are all but a guide, a guide to share what that direction might look like for you. But the most important thing is you just got to sit down. You got to sit down and explore your voice. And what this might mean is, you know, working through exercises, working through songs and just trying different things and noticing how your voice reacts. Treat it as a bit of an experiment. Notice how it reacts to certain ideas, certain concepts and note it down, note it down, write it down, write it down. From applying this approach, I've noticed that I've just understood my voice a lot, lot better. I know what makes it go well, what makes it go less well. And when it comes to performance, when it comes to recording music, I now have a much, much more solid technique to recreate the sounds that I actually want. Strategy number four, and I've shared this time and time again before because it's just so important, is be patient here. When it comes to learning how to sing and when it comes to this idea of partial truth, 
a lot of the times we only see one small glimpse of what good singing looks like. Now, through some of the other strategies, through some of the other tips, we're going to expand our understanding of what good singing is, but just know that this takes time. Right? It takes time to explore. It takes time to build. It takes time to grow. And the reason why this is important is because I've noticed that there seems to be two groups of people learning how to sing. There is that one group who are, you know, scouring the internet. They're looking for vocal hacks. They're looking for vocal tips, that little magic bullet that's going to solve their problem. But then there's also this other crew that's, you know, just chucking along, gradually exploring the voice. They're doing the exercises that their teacher has given them and they're using it as a guide. And, you know, they aren't taking things so at face value. They're just exploring on their own. And you'll notice that over time, the ones that are kind of chasing the hacks again and again, they're trying to find that magic fix for their voice. They often stay in the same boat. They stay in the same position. They might've made a little progress at the beginning, but the other crew that is slowly chugging along, they're slowly getting that 1% each day. They're exploring more and more and understanding and learning how to sing better and better. Over time, they're the ones that actually win. They're the ones who actually get the voice that they want. And so I would encourage you, please, please be patient here. There's no rush in terms of getting better at singing. And I'm telling you this from a person who's such a go-getter. I'm like the type of person who is often horribly impatient. Right? I had to learn to build patience as a skill because I know anything good, anything that's worthwhile, it takes that time. And so these are the four strategies, team. We've explored this idea of why there's so much contradiction in the singing community through this idea of partial truth. At any point in time, we're only seeing one small perspective of what the truth is or what good singing is. And so learning how to navigate this, there's four very, very simple ways. Number one, just don't be so dogmatic. Number two, focus on your outcome. Number three, become an explorer of your voice. And then number four, please be patient. And if you can apply these four strategies, I'm so confident that, that this will take you to where you want with your singing. And remember team, you do not have to do this on your own. If you're feeling confused, if you're feeling stuck and you actually want to improve faster, then I'm going to be dropping a link in the description on how you can get in contact with me. I'd love to see if I can serve you and help you get to your singing goals. And remember, become your best self and I'll see you in our next episode every single Friday. Take care team.